Good morning, church. Hope you guys are doing well today. Hope you guys are ready to go. You have your Bibles out. You have your breakfast at your side. Hope you guys have your family next to you and your friends. Hope you guys are ready to go because we are getting into God's Word this morning. We've been on a sermon series called Healthy on the Inside. And in this series, we've been discovering how to be healthy from the inside out. And so in life, we place a lot of emphasis on being healthy physically. So eating right, eating clean, exercising daily, hitting the gym whenever it's open. But we need to be healthy spiritually and emotionally as well. We need to be healthy on the inside. To be truly healthy, we need to be healthy from the inside out, not the outside in. And so today we're continuing our story uh, from the book of 1 Kings chapter 19. And our story is about the prophet Elijah. We talked about him last week. You guys remember this? So last week we, we saw the prophet Elijah running for his life from the wicked queen, Queen Jezebel. And as he's running for his life, he runs into the wilderness, the middle of nowhere, the desert. And so he was exhausted. He was burnt out and he just collapses in the middle of the desert under a juniper tree. He was exhausted, discouraged, lonely, fearful, anxious, and he was depressed. And so an angel came. You guys remember this? An angel came to Elijah and cooked a meal for him. The chef angel, the the, the angel we're all hoping to meet one day when we meet Jesus in heaven. That angel prepared a meal for Elijah and then sent him on his way a few days later. And he laid, uh, Elijah traveled to Mount Horeb. And it's in Mount Horeb that he uh, heard the voice of God on the mountaintop. First, he went to, uh, he went to a cave. He found a cave because he was, he was fearful and he was uh, struggling. He was discouraged and he was lonely. He, he hides in a cave and then he, he's called up onto a mountaintop. God speaks to him on the mountaintop in a still small voice. And God could see that Elijah didn't just need rest, although Elijah did need rest. Elijah needed something deeper because the story doesn't end at Elijah hearing the voice of God in uh, on the mountaintop. Elijah needed to learn how to interpret the situations of his life. The things he was going through and the things he was experiencing, he needed to learn how to correctly interpret the situations of his life. Have you ever noticed how it's easy to misinterpret things uh, in life? We interpret things wrong all the time. So like when a a young couple first gets married, uh, one of them will say to another, hey, what do you want to eat today? And, And the spouse, he or she might respond and say something like, I'll eat anything. And the spouse who heard this might interpret that as, oh, anything means, well, anything. It doesn't. Anything doesn't mean anything. Anything actually means something very, very specific that you won't guess for at least a half a dozen different times. And so he just misinterprets what anything means. And I'm sorry I'm using the word he there, but it's usually that's usually how it goes. He misinterprets what she means when she says, I'll eat 
anything. Or, or it's like um, it's like a text message. You ever sent the wrong text message to someone? Like you t- you 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 texted it right, but what you sent them was wrong because your phone autocorrected and misinterpreted what you meant and sent the wrong text. You ever had that happen? I think we've all had this happen to us at least once. And it's usually not a big deal, but there's every once in a while where you send a text, your phone misinterprets it and autocorrects a word that you didn't mean, not a good word, not a friendly word, maybe even a four-letter word, and it's something that you have to hurry up and text that person back and say, hey, this wasn't me, this is my phone, autocorrecting, and sometimes our phone misinterprets when it autocorrects. So we misinterpret things all the time. Life is full of misinterpretations, and it's usually not a big deal, but what we're talking about today is how to correctly interpret the situations of our life. This is a big deal. This is a very big deal uh, because this is what Elijah needed to learn. When we left Elijah last week, he had heard the voice of God on the mountaintop. But in verse 14, we see that Elijah was still hurting on the inside, even though he had met God on the mountaintop, even though he had been fed by an angel, he's still hurting on the inside. So look at verse number 14. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse number 14. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. So after Elijah had heard the voice of God on the mountaintop, he went back to his cave, and we'll get into that why. We'll get into why here in a little bit. But God follows Elijah back to the cave that Elijah uh, was in, and he essentially asks Elijah, "Hey, what are you doing here? Why are you in this cave? I just spoke to you on the mountaintop, and now you're back in this cave, feeling fearful and lonely, just like you were before." And Elijah's response in verse number fourteen is so crucial. It's so important. He says, "Number number one, he says, all of Israel has forsaken you, God." That's what's bothering me. Number two is all of the places of worship and all the altars have been broken down. All the altars and places of worship where we worshiped you, the people have broken them down. And then number three, the queen, the evil queen Jezebel, she hunts down all the prophets and kills all the prophets. And he says, this is what's bothering me. All these things were true though. This is the thing. Elijah, everything Elijah was saying to God, all these things were true. The people had broken down the altars and places of worship. The people had forsaken God. Queen Jezebel was hunting down all the prophets. All these things were true. The problem was Elijah's interpretation of those facts. You see, his interpretation was in verse number 14, I, even I only, am left. Elijah says, I am alone. Based on all the facts I have, he concludes, I am alone. This was Elijah's interpretation of his situation, except it wasn't true. You see, Elijah wasn't alone. Elijah would, he'd find this out in a little bit, but he was far from alone. Elijah was never alone. Elijah's interpretation of his situation was completely wrong, and he was lonely and afraid and burnt out because of it. To be healthy on the inside, we need to learn how to correctly interpret the situations and the circumstances of our life. 
So think of it like a, a pair of sunglasses. I have a pair of sunglasses with me this morning, and I think they're, they're quite fashionable. So we interpret everything in life through a lens, maybe like this lens. We interpret everything in our life through a lens. We always have a lens on. We interpret the situations of life through our lens, and sometimes, sometimes, our lens can become unhealthy. Sometimes the way we interpret the circumstances and the situations of life, they can leave us unhealthy on the inside. For example, you lose a job and you're tempted to interpret that situation as, I am a failure. And that becomes how you see yourself and how you see, watch this, similar situations in the future. So a friend or family member leaves you or abandons you. So you're, you interpret that as, I am alone. And that's how you see similar situations. That's how you interpret similar situations. And it's how you start to think about yourself. An unexpected problem hits your life and your lens tells you, I am fearful. And that's how you start to interpret future situations in your life. A situation is out of your control and you interpret that as, I am helpless. That becomes how you see similar situations in your life. And that's how we become, that's how we start to interpret the situations in our life. This is exactly what Elijah was doing. Everything in his life, he was interpreting through the wrong lens. You see, that becomes how we see our life through the lens of these things. So we start to interpret life and see life through the lens of those things. These become the default interpretation of how we see the circumstances in the situations and the problems and the pressures of our life. And it consequently is how we start to believe and what we start to believe about ourselves. And this is what drove Elijah back to his cave in verse number 13. Look at this again, uh, 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse number 13. He says, and it was so when Elijah heard it, he heard God's voice on the mountaintop that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, what doest thou here, Elijah? You see, when Elijah first came to the mountain, he hid in fear he hid in, in loneliness in that cave. And then Elijah heard the voice of God on the mountaintop. And you would think, you would think after hearing the voice of God on the mountaintop, an epic moment, a life-changing moment, you would think that Elijah's outlook and perspective and lens, you would think everything about Elijah's life would change, would be completely altered at this moment. But it isn't. So why did Elijah go back to his cave? What drove Elijah back to his caves? God's voice was right there on the mountaintop with Elijah. Why would he try to escape to his cave instead? Here's why. Because when we have the wrong interpretation of our situation, we will also have the wrong solution to our situation. You see, Elijah was still interpreting his life through the lens of loneliness and fearfulness and helplessness and anxiety. And his solution was to escape to his cave. You see, often we try to cope with the situations of life in the same way Elijah did, escaping them, drowning them out, 
coping with them, hiding from them. We do this with televisions, with projects, with chores, with working, with spending money, with drinking, with moving. These things we try to drown out, drown out our problems with. Except the problem is, the, these things can never drown out our problems. They can never remove the problems. These things may drown out the problem and they may allow us to escape like Elijah escaped to his cave. But they don't remove the underlying problem. It does not deal with the lens through which we interpret life. We can escape for a little bit. We can drown out the problems for a little bit, but it doesn't remove the underlying problem. The lens needs to be changed. See, as long as we interpret our situations through the lens of fear and helplessness and failure, we will try to escape. And look, I'm just as guilty as the next person. There are times when I want, I'm feeling discouraged and I'm feeling lonely and I'm feeling hurt on the inside. And so I run over to my television. I put Netflix on and my wife will come home and she'll see me with a bag of Doritos in one hand and a bag of marshmallows in the next. And guess what? I'm trying to drown out my problems. God doesn't want us to do that. He says you can face your problems. He can face your situations in this morning. I believe this morning that God has bigger plans for us than drowning out our problems. I believe that God has something greater for our life than just coping with it. I believe God wants us to feel courage in life, not the need to hide from it. You see, God doesn't mean for us to cower from the situations and problems of our life, but to meet them. God wants us to advance in courage, not retreat, not hide, not cower. You see, the, the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 37, he says, no, 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 nay, nay. In all these things, in everything we go through in life, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We haven't been called to cower, but to conquer. You see, this morning, you don't need entertainment, projects, money, drink, or diversions to cope with the situations of life. God has a better plan than that. We don't need to retreat from the life that God's given us. We can move forward in it with confidence. Don't get me wrong. These things, these things, all the things that we just mentioned, they're not wrong in themselves. These things are good. These things are, are gifts from God. But when we use them as a means to cope with with the fear and the loneliness on the inside, that's when these things become handicaps to our soul. That's when we become healthy, unhealthy on the inside. So the question is, how do we change the lens? How do we change the lens? How do we change our interpretation of our situations in life? Look at what happened to Elijah in verse number 18. You see this. God speaks to Elijah. He says, Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. This is so awesome. After Elijah heard the voice of God on the mountain, he went back to his cave. God asked him why he was there, and Elijah told him all the different reasons, and Elijah told him he was essentially alone. He believed that he was alone. That was the interpretation of his situation. He told God, I am alone. Elijah still interpreted his situation through the, through the lens of loneliness and fear. Then God responds and completely deconstructs Elijah's lens. He told Elijah, 
You think you are alone. But in verse number 18, he says, there are 7,000 who are still with you. There are 7,000 in the land of Israel who have not bowed the knee to false gods, who have not crumbled under the pressure from Queen Jezebel. You are not alone, uh, Elijah. There are still thousands here. It turns out that everything Elijah had been thinking and feeling and acting on wasn't true. He wasn't healthy on the inside because he was seeing everything through the the lens of loneliness and fear and failure until God shows him the truth. You want to know how to become healthy on the inside? You want to know how to have the right interpretation to the situations of your life? Interpret life through the lens of what God says is true. Put on the lens of truth. You see, just like Elijah, our lens says we are alone. Just like Elijah, our lens can say a lot of different things about ourselves. We are fearful. We are alone. We're broken. We're helpless. Just like Elijah, our lens says we are alone, but the lens of truth says that we have a friend in Jesus. We have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You see, our lens says we are a failure, but the lens of truth, it says that we are victorious. Our lens says that we are helpless, but the lens of truth says we have a savior. You see, our lens says that we are fearful, but the lens of truth says that we are faith-filled. You see, what we need to do this morning is not look through the lens of all these other things, but look through the lens of God's truth. Put on the lens of truth. This changes everything about the interpretation of our life. We don't see our life through the lens of loneliness. We don't see a life through the lens of helplessness, but the lens of courage. These lenses. You see, that's what God wants for our life. The lens of truth has something different to say about your situation this morning. The lens of truth. We see, when I'm wearing the lens of truth, it changes how I interpret the situations of my life. When I'm wearing the lens of truth, I don't need to find escape from the problems. I don't need to hide from them or drown them out because God's truth shows me that greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. The lens of truth shows me that regardless of whatever I am going through in this life, whatever situation I am presenting, with. Greater is he that is in me. There's someone who is in me that can conquer all of those things that I'm going through. The lens of truth demolishes the things we think about our situation that aren't so. And you see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. God is calling us this morning to cast down all the interpretations and the imaginations that are keeping you from living the life that God has given you. It's like, it's like a renovation. It's like a renovation. If you ever worked on a renovation before and had to remove a wall, this is, this is the best part. I've done this maybe once or twice in my life. Worked on a renovation, you had to remove a wall. You know what you do when it's time to remove that moldy, dusty wall? You get the biggest sledgehammer you can find and you just rear back and you, you swing that sledgehammer right into that wall and you break that wall down so that you can replace that old, moldy, dusty, corrupted wall with a brand new renovation. That's what God wants to do in our life. 
That's what God wants to do in our heart. He wants to break down all the false things we believe about ourselves, all the interpretations that are false, all the imaginations that are false, that we lift up above the truth of God's word. He wants to cast those things down in your heart this morning, and he wants to raise up in its place the lens of truth, the lens of God's truth. God wants us to take a spiritual sledgehammer to the old moldy imaginations and interpretations that hold us down and hold us back and hold us from what God wants for us. Everything we think about ourselves and our situation needs to come under the authority and truth of God. You see this in Philippians chapter 4 verse number 8. Look at this. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on those things this morning. Allow those words, His words, to fill your heart. It's when we come in contact with God's Word that He shatters the false beliefs we hold against ourselves and crumbles the imaginations that we lift above Him. You see, value His words over the words of your own heart and emotions. You see, our, our, the words of our heart and emotions can sometimes cloud out the, the voice of God. God's saying this morning, get rid of those things. Value His words over your words. Whose words entertain your mind this morning? Whose words entertain your mind? What, what thoughts do you allow to dance freely in your heart this morning? What thoughts do you allow, allow to dance freely in your emotions this morning? Value God's thoughts about you rather than your thoughts about you. Value God's thoughts about your situation rather than your emotions, uh, thoughts about your situation. You see, replace them. How do you know when your thoughts need to be cast down when they disagree with or contradict the thoughts of God? What are you telling yourself that needs to fall under the control and the authority of God's word? You see, it's just like, it's just like the, the websites that fact check politicians. You guys ever seen those, those fact check websites that fact check politicians and all the statements they say? We need to fact check what we think about what God says. We need to fact check our interpretation of our situation against God's interpretation of our situation. You see, you know what we think? We think my situation is hopeless. Fact check, false. We think my situation is full of fear. Fact check, false. We think my situation is too far gone. Fact check, false. My situation is, is irredeemable. Fact check, false. My situation is as bright as the promises of God. Fact check, true. That's true every single time. The truth of God's word, that is always fact check true. What thought, what emotion do you need to fact check against God's word in the lens of truth this morning? You see, it's God's word and God's thoughts that bring about life-giving change from the inside out. Elijah would truly be changed from the inside out because of God's words to him. It wasn't something he did. It wasn't him escaping and drowning out the problems. It was him getting a hold of what God said about him and what God said about his situation. You see, maybe you're thinking, Pastor, this is great and all. It's great to interpret life through the lens of God's word and and what he says about my situation. But I have real needs that need to be met. I have real situations and struggles that I am walking through. 
I have real things, is all God has to give me are words. Maybe you're thinking that this morning. Pastor, it's great that God says all this stuff, but does God stop at words? Look at verse number 16 and 19. Verse number 16 and 19. And Jehu, the son of Nimshai, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abemeloah, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. On the mountain, Elijah was struggling with fear and discouragement and loneliness. It turns out that his fears were based on the wrong interpretation of his situation. But it is clear that one thing Elijah was dealing with was deep loneliness. A loneliness that God knew words could not help. So right there on that mountain, in verse number 16, God gave Elijah what he needed most in that moment. A friend. And his name would be Elisha. In that moment, God said, I recognize that words are not enough for you, Elijah. What I'm going to do for you is I'm going to give you a friend. I'm not going to stop at words. I'm going to work in your life. God didn't just give Elijah the truth of his word. He met the need of Elijah's heart. God's word is always followed by his work. You'll find that true in your life every single time. Everything that God tells you in his word, it is going to be followed up by his work. God doesn't stop at words. He works on our behalf. God wants us to interpret our situation according to what he says about it, even when it doesn't make sense. Why? Because he always meets the needs of our life and our heart. I don't know how many of you guys like Apple products. I really enjoy Apple products. I have an Apple phone, I have an Apple tablet, and I have an Apple uh, computer. But one thing I really love about Apple products is they aren't just good at advertising and telling you all the stuff about their products and telling you all the specs and all the things that are great about their products. And they don't just have good advertising like all the other companies. What I love about Apple is that you can walk into an Apple store and you can look at and, and handle and pick up all the products right there in front of you at the Apple store. You don't have to take their word for it. You can actually go to the store, pick it up, see how it works, see how powerful it is, actually click the camera to see how good the camera is. You, if they don't stop at words, you can see how it actually works. That's what God says about us. God's work is always gonna be followed up after his word. He doesn't just speak to us. He works for us. And that's what we can have in our heart this morning.